0: Welcome to Expat Money Experts, the podcast that provides weekly analysis and tips to help international investors and savers navigate the complex world of effective financial planning whilst living overseas. So let's join your host, Andrew, and our panel of experts for the latest episode and help you to keep leveling up your money management.
1: Today on Expat Money Experts, We are going to be discussing why, in times like these, we are reminded of the importance of planning ahead. Uh, I'm joined by Thomas Goldie and George Stainton, both of whom are experienced senior advisors uh, at Hoxton Capital. Thank you both for coming. The situation we find ourselves in uh, is an unfortunate one for many. However, the majority of us have gained some extra time in our lives from somewhere. So whether this is the time you would usually spend in your car or on a train to work, in restaurants or bars or at the gym, most people probably have a few hours a week that they usually wouldn't. What can people be using this time to do with regards to their financial planning? Is there perhaps, given the circumstances, an area that is of particular importance for people to resolve uh, and get sorted now?
2: So one of the areas of financial planning that I think most people are likely to put off dealing with is very much inheritance tax planning and wills. Um, perhaps because no one likes to contemplate their own mortality. More than fifty percent of people that we deal with have no will in place and have not been, you know, not made any plans regarding their estate whatsoever. Given the current situation, you know, now would be a prudent time to be thinking about these things. The difficulty it causes your loved ones should you know should the worst happen, um, you know it can, it can be huge really moving forward.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And um, inheritance tax is forty percent on over on everything over three hundred twenty-five thousand pounds, and that's on your worldwide assets, which a lot of people don't understand. So that is a fairly hefty tax, which we as advisors consider it voluntary because it can quite easily be planned for. Um, Many people that live overseas usually wrongly assume that they're not liable. So understanding the difference between non-resident and non-domiciled, I feel, is essential. Um, And what we'll find is that most UK expats will remain UK domiciled, even if they have lived abroad for many years. Um, They'll also be liable for estate taxes in their country of residence and will almost certainly have assets. In that country that can be charged so without proper planning they can be hit with multiple taxes in multiple jurisdictions which could end up wiping out a large portion of their values on death
1: i'm sure that's something that most people would want to mitigate uh, so what actually is domicile and how would people know if they're classed as uk domiciled okay so
2: so this is where it gets i suppose a little little bit more and tricky, um, but really there's five different types of domicile that we can look at. Uh, the first one is what we call domicile of origin. This is your initial domicile that you know would be acquired at birth. It isn't dependent on citizenship, rather, you acquire your father's domicile or in you know if your or your mother's domicile if your parents were unmarried at the time of your birth. As an example, if your domicile is the UK but your children were born here in the UAE, they have British uh, British citizenship and their domicile is the UK. However, if your children were born in the US, they will have a dual citizenship, but their domicile will be the UK. The second type of domicile um, is actually what we call domicile of dependency. This basically means that up until the age of 16, a child can be considered a dependent of his or her domicile um, will change along with his, his or her parents um, after that or so after the age of 16 the next type is what we call a domicile of choice um, this is essentially um, you know where it's possible to acquire a new domicile however it's not automatic nor is it a straightforward process you must be able to provide evidence that you have um, abandoned if you like your domicile of origin that you have physically moved to and reside in the new locality and show intent to remain in your chosen domicile permanently. Some of the factors uh, that you know, taxing authorities and the courts consider to determine your intent are as follows and there's quite a few. Um, so number one, the amount of time that you spend in one location versus another. Number two, location of your spouse and children Number three, the location of your principal residence so where you spend most of your time. The next one is you know getting to other smaller things, I suppose, so where your driver's license was issued, where your vehicles are registered, where you maintain your professional licenses, where you are registered to vote, the location of any certain bank accounts, where you maintain um, sort of you know checking accounts or, or investment accounts, the location of your real property and investments permanence of your work assignments in a location um, and lastly the location of any of your social ties. Now if you retain significant ties with your domicile of origin it's unlikely that you'll be able to acquire a domicile of choice so um, obviously the taxman won't let you get away that easily. The next one is what we call a deemed domicile. Um, So in the UK If a non, what we call a non-dom, so a non-domicile, has been a UK resident for 15 of the previous 20 tax years, he or she will become deemed UK domiciled for all tax purposes. Um, And lastly is what we call the elected domicile. So if in the UK, again, a non-dom married to the UK domicile person can elect to be treated as a UK domicile for UK IHT so inheritance tax purposes.
1: So what are the implications really of your domicile?
3: Well I think first it's key to any financial plan to know your residency and domicile status and that's in order to determine your tax liabilities in the three main areas which is income tax, capital gains tax and inheritance tax. But for example so someone who is a UK elected domicile will be entitled to full spousal exemption. So that means that um, a married couple can transfer assets between themselves to mitigate their inheritance tax liability. Um, The only downside of that is that inheritance tax will eventually be due on a second death. But ultimately, once you've established your domicile status, the next step is to plan for inheritance tax. And we as advisors usually say that there are five main ways to reduce your inheritance tax bill. Um, The first one is what I just mentioned, so that's leaving everything to your spouse or partner. So if you are uh, married or in a civil partnership, you can give anything you own to a spouse or civil partner so the estate will not have to pay inheritance tax. There are slightly different rules if your spouse or civil partner's permanent home is outside the UK, And the rules are quite complicated, so it's very important to take advice on this matter. Um, And again, ultimately, the main issue with this is that tax will eventually be paid on the second death. So it's only really a, a sort of temporary solution. The second way that I suppose you can mitigate inheritance tax is giving away assets during your lifetime. And this is known as gifting. So if, for example, you want to give away assets to a family or friend, a family member or a friend um, who is not your spouse or civil partner, and ultimately you need to make sure that you're no longer benefiting from that asset, um, it will be included in your estate for inheritance tax but only for the following seven years. So if you give something away and then you live for seven years longer, then it will be completely inheritance tax free. Um, There's a couple of things that you may need to be aware of on that point. So I suppose capital gains tax will be applicable if you are giving away assets, if there's any gain on that asset. And also there's no guarantee that you're gonna live for the next seven years. So if you were to pass away during those seven years, there will be some uh, inheritance tax due and it depends how long after the gift was uh, given away. Um, And that's how much (coughs) inheritance tax will be due. The third part is something whereby you can leave assets to a charity. So anything you leave to a charity is actually free of inheritance tax. So it can be a very useful way of reducing your inheritance tax bill while also benefiting a good cause. And also, a lot of people don't know this, but if you leave 10% of your estate to a charity it will cut how much inheritance tax is due on the overall estate, so the rest of the estate. And that rate is cut to 36% rather than 40%. So it can be a useful way of reducing the overall inheritance tax bill. Um, One way to, it's not necessarily mitigating uh, inheritance tax, but it's dealing with it. So it's actually you can take out a life insurance policy to cover the entire inheritance tax bill. So ultimately what would happen is if you were to pass away and you had life insurance and that life insurance was then in a trust so it doesn't go into your estate, you can try and work out roughly how much the inheritance tax bill will be worth and then get get a life insurance policy out for that cover and then it just eases the burden on paying that inheritance tax bill when you pass. So it doesn't mitigate it, but it does certainly help with dealing with that um, inheritance tax bill on death. And it it ensures that you're not going to have to sell off any assets to cover that bill um, in the event of a death. And then the final um, planning tool that you can use to mitigate inheritance tax is putting assets into a trust. So if you put some of your cash, property or investments into a trust, um, they're actually no longer part of your estate for inheritance tax purposes. So, for example, you could set up a trust. For your adult children, then then that trust can be used to pay grandchildren's education. It can be used to help you know future generations or support family members. Um, and you can set up this trust right away, or you can establish one in your will. And technically, when the assets are in a trust, they're no longer yours, so they're not liable for inheritance tax on your own estate. Trusts are very uh, complex in part of financial planning and there's a large number of different types of trusts and different formats so again we would always recommend that advice is sought before any trusts are put in place. There are you know
2: other planning techniques and, and products which can be extremely useful to eradicate um, or mitigate or, or reduce these worldwide estate taxes. Um, but what is clear is that doing nothing shouldn't really be an option, you know. Especially for people that have worked for most of their life, that have sort of built up these these assets. Um, and if you care about your family and you prefer your lo- you would prefer your loved ones to enjoy the fruits of a lifetime of, of hard work. These types, you know, this type of planning is is, is paramount, really. Um, if you prefer to volunteer large amounts of money to assist the revenue services of various countries around the world. Um, then there's obviously no need to do
1: anything. Absolutely agree with that um, That last statement there, Tommy. And uh, thank you to both of you for coming and sharing your knowledge. It was uh, very extensive, um, and I'm sure everyone listening will, will appreciate that and take something away from it. So uh, thank you guys for coming.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Expat Money Experts. We hope you enjoyed listening to our experts and can take away some ideas for enhancing your own financial planning. Please like and share this podcast so that more people like you can benefit from the knowledge and the opportunities that we share. If you'd like to pose a question to our panel for a future episode, or would like us to cover a specific topic, then please reach out to us by email at panel at expatmoneyexperts.com. Equally, if you'd like to connect directly with any of our panel, again, mail in at panel at expatmoneyexperts.com, and we'll take it from there. Expat Money Experts is an independent podcast brought to you by Hoxton Capital Management.